video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. And welcome back to another pulse-pounding episode of the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. We are here to bring you the latest and greatest from the world of gaming. Episode 144 is here. I am your trusty host, Jess, and joining me on this week's podcast is Gaming Guru, Pure Dead Craig. Pulse-pounding. Yep. Um, Sounds vaguely erotic. You were unwell last week, and I think what's happened is you've been a bit of a dick and passed it on to Andy. What's happened here is that I fucking struggled through like the absolute <laughs> trooper I am, and he's fucked it off. That is one narrative that it's you could. The narrative I'm going with. Yeah. Okay. We're an Andy down, we are. and apparently a helicopter up. <laughs> I'm quite sure that that is going to be coming through the microphone at the moment, as the FBI clearly is about to rappel down onto <laughs> the onto Pure Dead Gaming HQ here. <laughs> We'll just give it a second until it fucks off. Yeah, maybe. Do you want me to go out and say something? <laughs> I just shout up to them. Try to record a podcast here, mate. Shut it. <laughs> there we go. Okay. In today's episode, we are diving headfirst into the week's gaming releases. So whether you're craving epic battles, magical journeys or interstellar adventures, we've got you covered. We're also going to spill the beans on what we've been playing. But that's not all. We will be dissecting the gaming news, so you'll be up to date with all things gaming. And let's not forget our cinematic escapade this week as we review the iconic Snakes on a Plane. Indeed. Mm. But before that, let's catch up. Firstly, you have an apology to make on air to Ewan. Because oh, yeah. Last week we spoke about <laughs> Avatar and yeah. the game and... You suggested that he liked it, but he came in to the Discord to correct that. He does not like Avatar. He's not a fan. I love that this, like, billion-dollar movie is so hated by everyone that's a real person that you have to make apologies (laughs) on podcasts for saying that someone might have enjoyed it vaguely. Um, Look, I could could put that uh, indiscretion down to... Me not being well last week, mm. but I'm too much of a stand-up guy for that, so I'm just going to take it on the chin. I apologise, Ewan. I did think it a bit strange, because Ewan's a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why would he like that shit? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But there's somebody... I, I was going to go back through the Discord, because there is somebody... I remember someone being like, no, no, I thought it was actually quite good. And everybody else been like, fuck is that guy? But yeah, it must not have been. I don't, I don't know who it was. Um, but yeah, apologies. If you want to fess up right in, let us know. Are you an Avatar fan? Yep. And we will shame you in Avatar, the next six episode. Avatar fans, <laughs> reveal yourself and line up to be scolded. But yeah, you and I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you're obviously a much higher calibre individual uh, than an Avatar fan, mm-hmm. which wouldn't be difficult. Mm-hmm. 
but yes. How are you this week, Jessica? Tired and cold. I feel like the weather's changed. I've got a blanket on just now. Obviously, I've been at the gym this morning, so I'm, you know, I was up at six again. I just wanted to get that in there. I know. <laughs> you can drop that in quite I feel, often. I feel like efforts like that need to be rewarded. rewarded. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Well done. I'm trying. Thanks. Um, it has. It's turned a bit. It's not turned enough, though, for me. What I would say we're at that sort of awkward period where, like, I found myself. Do you take a jacket? Do you not take a jacket? No, you never wear a jacket. Oh, you never wear it. I've got, a, I've got like, I only one jacket. I've worn it maybe twice. <laughs> you always go on, but you got, you got to wear your jacket, and I just refuse to point blank. But it's that weird point where, like, last night I wasn't cold by any means, but I was like, like I love wearing hoodies, but during the summer absolutely no chance so see as soon as the weather dips enough that i'm like i maybe won't boil over if i put a hoodie on i like to go and put it on because they're comfy so last night i was like oh, i could probably put a wee hoodie on put it on sitting playing cyberpunk loving life went to bed reasonable level of heat and then i woke up fucking roasting mm. and that keeps happening so, granted i'm not well so that's probably not helping either but um but yeah, I feel like, I don't know, still in the mornings, I'm waking up way too warm. They're supposed to be... Well, why don't you get up at 6am with me, Craig? That gym has the issue. Then, ah, yep. uh, so it heats up between 6 and 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. When the sun rises. That's maybe my problem then. Yeah. Should maybe go to bed before 2 <laughs> to facilitate that. But... but there's too many games, so I have to stay up so late. Well, I could play games from 6 or 7. I mean, that's not exclusively gym time. That's just for the people that want to show off. <sighs> This this is a story that you know, being the healthy person that I am, it's not going to affect me too much, Craig. But I wanted to let you know about this um, shrinkflation has struck again. Who shrinkflation? A shrinkflation. Yep. So Galaxy bars. Oh God. Shrinking again. So they're currently one hundred and ten grams. They're going down to a hundred grams. The price went up earlier in the year. I was going to say, what's the price going down to? Well, it went up earlier in the year from one thirty nine to one fifty. Um, for a fucking galaxy bar wait a minute that's the i'm not very good with grams is that like one of the sort of bigger ones or is that the ones when you get six pieces um it's like well the picture shown is like the kind of is it a rectangle is it like a a thin like one that you would pick pick up so not like the sort of ones that you're supposed to share but you don't yeah just one of the ones that you you're not (laughs) Not even supposed to share Yeah. I'm specifically calling out last week after the podcast when you went and got one, Miss Healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I looked over like five minutes later and I was like, am I getting a bit of that? No. No. It was hoovered. Um, so so yeah. the bit that you get six bits, they're £1.50 That's now. what's pictured, but now that I'm thinking about it, I would need to double check that. But yeah, a spokesperson for Mars said it was not a decision that was taken lightly, but was necessary. They said, we've been actively trying to find ways to absorb the rising costs of raw materials and operations, as we know the increase in cost of living has impacted both consumers and businesses. And they said, unfortunately, the growing pressures mean that more needs to be done. And I'm so thinking, they have admitted- c- could you not just make less profit and stop being greedy bastards and let actual greedy bastards who need the job. Well, I was going to say they're selling to greedy bastards. So, <laughs> um, so they've they've outright come out and admitted that it's a monetary thing. 
because usually what happens is they're like, oh, see that big pack of spicy bikers that you really liked? Uh, they're half the size now because everybody's getting too fat and there's too many calories in it. So now, um, because we've half the size of the pack, you'll become less fat, but uh, we can't change the price. And that's usually their go-to. That was yeah. McDonald's as well, remember? They were like, oh, we make our bur burgers smaller so you're less fat. But they'd actually come out admitting we've put the price up and we're making it smaller because we're greedy fuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a 100 gram bar is the, like, that kind of size one. I right. realise on a podcast that doesn't make sense. But it's no. not, like... Shaped like a football field. <laughs> It is, isn't it? The dimensions yeah. are spot on. I've nailed that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, it must okay. be like an eat before or something Aye. like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. I was going to say, I mean, I don't go in and just buy random chocolate bars very often, but I've never paid over a pound for a Galaxy bar. But I wouldn't, I, see if you told me legit that they were 150 now, I'd be like, aye, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's 2023 logic right there. So, there you go. See, I feel like I'm winning now. Because a minute ago I thought the small Galaxy bars were one fifty, but now that the bigger ones are one fifty, I feel like I've won. <laughs> Damn it, Galaxy, you've done it again. Mm -hmm. I was away this weekend. You might have noticed I wasn't here. Yeah, she left me four days. I remember HQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was away with uh, the boys. Had a good time. Shout out Lee, John, Peter Monroe. Had a great time. Great time. Did miss you though, must say. Oh, that's nice of you to say. Yeah. On air. Yeah. Just trying to get brownie points, you know. Mm -hmm. But no, it was a good time. I did spend it with not much of a voice. Mm. Was hardly able to speak, but I did take the PlayStation with me. And so I let my gaming skill do the talking for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. For a lot of it. Um, you can share more on what you've been playing later. I will do. Uh, and then, have I done anything else daft? Thought we'll get into when I was away. What happens if the boys stays with the boys? All right, okay, I see. Mm -hmm. um, okay, before we move on, just wanted to give a shout out to Nacon. Um, this isn't like a sponsored ad or anything, but yeah. but we have worked with Nacon in the past, so I just won't be upfront about that. But um, they have announced a new PS5 Pro controller, so it's the Revolution 5 Pro controller for PlayStation 5. It's compatible with ps5 ps4 and pc and it can be used wired or wirelessly and is officially licensed as well and it's like fully customizable to suit your button preferences stuff like that um can be used more than 10 hours before recharging and obviously connects via bluetooth to your headsets as well and will be coming out in october so check it out if you're interested because it does look good yeah nacon make good controllers i think it'll be the build quality obviously will be good um it's got that black and white aesthetic, which is very similar to see the leaks from Xbox about that new controller they mm -hmm. were having. It mm -hmm. was half black, half white as well. It instantly reminded me of that. Yeah. I don't know what to make of it. And part of me is like, oh, that looks really cool. And then other part, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we had like a pro controller for the Xbox that looks similar to this, obviously without the touchpad and stuff like that. Um, and it was really good, um, very modular, you could move stuff about, um, and the fact that this one will be wireless, so with Xbox, for some reason all the third party controllers are all wired, 
Whereas this is going to be wireless. Yeah. So that is a big plus. It's expensive though. Like it's in line. I think it might actually even be... No, it's in line with the uh, edge controller. So, yeah, yeah I mean, if you, if you want it, you will be, be paying a fair whack for it, but... It does look good. Yeah. And it's good to see third-party controllers actually arriving for the PlayStation. Like, up until now, as far as I know, all we've had scuff. Um, and to be fair, like, those scuff pads are fucking amazing. But, I, I mean, you're really paying through the nose for those. Yeah. Um, Xbox announced today as well four new, like, colour colours available for the like shift series for the Xbox controllers but they're mm-hmm. like in design lab so you can add them in so see like the stellar shift one that I bought yeah you can now put I think you can put like that on a design labs one whereas before oh, that right. was only like it's only available as as, is. as is yeah but there's a really nice like kind of pinky pearlescent one so that's next on my hit list for once I've got enough points I don't know this to be the case right but I genuinely think that over at Microsoft, someone has a job. And what they do is, you know when you're using Photoshop uh-huh. and you're trying to find a colour you like and uh-huh. you've got that sort of square and you just move it about? Yeah. <laughs> know what I mean? Yes. I think there's somebody's job that it is just to move that about and each day they stop somewhere and go, right, that's the next one. <laughs> I mean, what a job, to be fair, if you're getting Xbox, paid to colour select. Because Xbox literally have about 300 different controllers of all just sort of minute colours. I mean, both of us uh, in a previous life worked in a hardware store and uh, were fans of paint mixing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like that, but for Xbox controllers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just coloured and a bit plastic at the end of the day, isn't it? But they've got so many of them. Like, once a year, PlayStation will be like, now we've got a red controller. Whereas Xbox are like, red controller... Here are a selection of red controllers and yeah, there's like a fucking big cabinet opens up and there's every sort of shade. Yeah. It's good. So that's where controller stories for today. See if I got, see, before we move on, this is nothing about anything, but just something I would do. See if I was consulting for PlayStation, which I should be, but I'm not currently. Mm-hmm. Why are they not doing a design lab? It's an absolute no brainer. Like, I just don't understand. I, I guess because... There's manufacturing costs behind it, but... But you just up the price. Yeah. Like, Design Labs cost more than a normal controller. Mm-hmm. It's just another way to make more money. Like, Xbox make a lot of money out of Design Labs. Think how much PlayStation would make. Yeah. Think how many more PlayStations there are out there than Xboxes. Like, it's just money on the table. I can only imagine it's because they don't want people, like, interfere. I think they're maybe worried that people would, like, make a certain design that's maybe better than a special edition they're going to do, and then they would try and, like, I don't know, sell it third party. I don't know. Like, PlayStation are a little bit weird about that. Like, oh, what if they use it as a- against us almost? But I don't know. I just, I think... I mean, you could limit it to what you could put on it. Like, any sort of customization. Folk would be all over that. Mm. Get your controller engraved. Even if you could just engrave it, something like that. There probably is, again, third-party ways of doing it, but I just think PlayStation's leaving money on the table. But then you look at phones as well these days. Like, most phones only come in a selection of colours now because everybody puts a, a cover well, on thing, it. Like, like, there's no point in... I mean, you, like you say, you do get usually, like, 
I don't know, maybe three or four colours for mm. a phone. But I think the phone manufacturers know that there's no point in them putting much effort into that because there's not a person on the planet that's not going to put their phone in a cover mm. because they're all bars of soap that just smash. Yeah. Okay, let's take a look at what is coming out this week and what are the biggest releases. So first up, obviously, we have Cyberpunk 2077. Phantom Liberty, so this highly anticipated game is hitting PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S and PC on September 26th. Craig. What's this? Fan- Phantom Liber- <laughs> Liberty? Yeah, that's the one. Yep. <sighs> Tell us about it, Craig. Or do you oh. want to save it for what you've been no, playing or no, just no, go for it now? That's fine just now. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I've been at half mass since we started. Right. <laughs> It's brilliant. It really is. I mean, anyone that's listened to this podcast for any amount of time, probably even a week, will be aware I'm a massive fan of the, the main game. Uh, and this is just, between this and the 2.0 update, like it just it just takes it to another level. It really does. So um, I'm trying to think. The 2.0 update launched Thursday last week. And that was when we got a code through for Phantom Liberty as well. So, yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to play 2.0. Did I? No, I didn't get a chance to play 2.0 before Phantom Liberty. But it, it's a massive upgrade. Like, the menus have been... One, that's the first thing I noticed, because as soon as I went in, I was like into the menus, been like, right, okay, my save file, where am I? What missions have I got? And, like, even the mission screens, like, um, like to go between main missions, gigs, completed missions and stuff like that, it's all been redesigned, and it just looks better. Um, the... I don't know if it is, but the world feels more populated... And that's, I mean, I completed Cyberpunk again, like, two weeks ago. So, I think, like, I, I don't, I've not heard them say that that's part of it, which makes me wonder if it's just me imagining it almost. Yeah. But I, I have played it recently, so, I, and I feel like it is. I feel like Cyberpunk was always, when you went to the built-up areas, especially if you were on foot, it did look really populated. But then when you would drive or you would go out of the sort of busy areas, it was really barren, and it just doesn't seem to be like that anymore. There certainly seems to be more cars on the road and, and more going on. Um, but yeah, it's the the expansion itself is fantastic. It's up there with the best I've ever played. In terms of the story, in terms of the missions? like The story's really good. The production, like, I don't know. I think even these days you sort of expect a slightly lower quality when it comes to like an expansion, but I mean here if anything they've upped it. Mm-hmm. Like, but this is like I don't know, almost a bit of their redemption story, isn't it? Yeah, like I, so, maybe that's why in this case. I I, I genuinely think it it does have a bit extra in it because mm-hmm. they're like we have to fucking nail this. Mm-hmm. We have to get the confidence back, like. I'm going to make sure, obviously, not to be spoilery at all here, but, like, everyone knows Idris Elba is one of the main characters in Phantom Liberty, but Keanu Reeves is back as well. Mm. Like, so... I think when we spoke last week, I'd sort of said I'd been avoiding a lot of the stuff, so I didn't really know how this tied in. Um, I'm going to go into that a wee bit just now, because it isn't spoilery, but 
it takes place during the main story. So you could wait until after you've completed the game and then play this, but it, it fits best probably about halfway through the, the story. Okay. Because while you're playing Phantom Liberty, there is references to what's going on in the main campaign. Okay. And so if you've already completed that, you'd be like, right, well, that's already played out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, when you... Again, I don't think this is a spoiler, but when you complete Cyberpunk, you get put back to a save before the final mission okay. so that you can continue mm-hmm. mopping up and stuff like that. So you could do that and then be back before the final mission and then play it. Um, but I would recommend almost, if you haven't played Cyberpunk recently or if you are in the mood for a new game, I would start again and then just play it all as sort of one big thing because it's almost just like a big branching mission that you can do alongside um, the rest of the game. Like, I had sort of thought that it would maybe... I knew it was a new part of the map, but I thought it was maybe, like, an isolated part of the map. You went over there, you did all of Phantom Liberty, and then you came back. But it's not. It's just a section that's been that was previously closed that's been added onto the map, and you can come and go. So the way it started for me was... You get a call from a woman named Songbird. She's got an issue. You go... Is it that her nips are hanging out? No, that's not Songbird. That's... Oh. Uh, <laughs> can't remember her name. Yeah, there's a girl in it that's wearing a, a nice top, I would say. And when you're standing to the side of her, you can definitely see part of her nipple every time. And I'm like, is this intentional? Is <laughs> Probably. it not intentional? Like, but you, you can, can't you? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Songbird contacts you and you when you decide to go to it, you don't have to go to it straight away, but when you decide to go to it, it starts Phantom Liberty. Um, you are locked in for a little bit, for maybe one or two missions, but after that, there's still another X amount to go, 10 hours, and you don't have to do that straight away. You can cross back over and keep doing main missions okay. or side missions from the main game. So you can incorporate it as a, as a sort of one, which I thought was really cool. It's interesting. I don't think many other games have really done that, or certainly none that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, it's one of these things, right, where see if this had come out six months after launch, people would have definitely been all over the, oh, this was made for the main game and they just took it out and now they're trying to sell it to mm. separately. Because it's been so long, like you know they've spent all this time making it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just seamless. Like, I think their idea is that Cyberpunk 2.0 is the whole package mm-hmm. and you'll get Phantom Liberty with it and it's just one big fuck-off amazing experience. Like I said, I don't want to get into the story. Um, just in case there's anything that would be spoilerish, uh, I think I'm near the end of it. It's been phenomenal. Like, it's not short. If you are doing the side gigs and stuff like that, and not even all of them, but just some of them, you're talking 20 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, Idris Elba's performance is brilliant. Johnny, um, I can't always say Johnny Depp. Keanu Reeves, brilliant. The rest of the characters, brilliant. Like, it's just the production quality on it is so good. The new area, Dogtown, is so well detailed. Like, when I first went into it, I was like, oh, is this just like, is this just like a wasteland? But then, no, it's like, it's a whole, almost like a separate city. Like, it's, I think it's in-game, it's about 2.2 kilometres square. It's big. 
and there's so many cool like buildings. You go into the buildings, you can then go into everything subsequently, like all the rooms, and it's they've done so much to it. Mm. Um, there's characters that are in the main game that you then interact with more and learn more about through Phantom Liberty. So playing that sort of expands your experience and your knowledge of the main game. Like it's just brilliant. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, it brilliant. was interesting because like I was half asleep on the couch and you were playing. I could obviously hear the dialogue and stuff. And I was like, is that Idris Elba? Um, and you were like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, so he's doing an American accent. And you're like, no. I just thought he sounded and normal. I'm, like, I'm terrible with stuff like that. You're like, that's how he always sounds. And I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, half the stuff you see him in, he's probably playing the Yeah, American, to, to be, be fair. fair. Um, but yeah, I read up and it, it said they settled on an old world, worldly formal flat American dialect for him. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a BBC interview that he did um recently and he was sort of asked if he sees video games becoming like a kind of growing medium of work for actors and he, he kind of just said yeah like it's a sign of the times like games and actors have always worked together but we're seeing more notable film actors being moved into gaming yeah he kind of went on to say like obviously in recent years games industry has seen a growing number of a-list actors and celebrities taking on character roles both in voice and appearance so you've got i don't know kit harrington remy malik and Conan O'Brien um, and I just said like every game now has like a big engine and also has like big film like cutscenes that are equally as entertaining he said you can skip them but most of the time you sit and watch because your fingers are hurting from the last round I just wonder what your take on this is like do you think that's a good thing that what I think is fucking hilarious is that he talks about how it's got a growing list of A-list list actors, then mentions a bunch of people and fucks <laughs> off Keanu Reeves. It's probably That's that. True. Excuse me, mate. I'm literally in the game with you, you absolute cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's also said he's actually not fully played the game yet. Um, I mean, but he wants is, to. Is, is he a gamer? Like, I don't know. He's of, the, of an age that he probably is. Like, yeah, no, I, th- I mean, games. in the interview, I think he said he plans to, but he's just not had a chance to yet or something yeah. like that. But I mean... I think it is a good thing. Like, think back to like the new Alone in the Dark game. Like, I wouldn't have any interest in that. But now that it's got David Harbour and the girl from Killing Eve in it, I'm like, yep, I'm playing that. Jodie Cromer. Jodie Cromer. Like, I'm I definitely, mm. I'm definitely play that now. Like, and I think, I think as well, it brings like I think there's a I've definitely seen like a pushback online where people are like, oh, these celebrities come in and and getting involved in our world you know, but you don't un- like this is a problem all round with gamers where they just they can't see the forest for the trees and they're just like oh this is our little this is our little niche fuck off and you're like no this brings gaming into the mainstream yeah like see when you've got politicians going fucking mental every time somebody gets shot going ah oh, it was a video game that did that like the more this comes into the mainstream and the more this becomes pop culture and like normalizes it the less you're gonna get shit like that mm. um and i think like actors like idris elba coming over and doing stuff like this that brings a lot of a weight with it and as i just circling back to it like he did he's done such a great job like i can't wait for people to see this mm. like it's little things that like he's talking about the cutscenes there but obviously with cyberpunk and with a lot of games now it's not just the cutscenes that i mean in, in cyberpunk there isn't proper cutscenes there is scenes where you cannot move while you're talking mm. but it's still all an engine and they're just yeah. talking to you and a lot of the time while they're doing it you can still move around 
Um, but I mean, they've went to so much length. Like, I don't know if everyone will know what I'm talking about here. Like, if you've if you've been a fan of watching like Luther or something like that, right? Idris Elba walks in a certain way, doesn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got this sort of... He's got a swag, yeah. He's got this... It's, aye, but it's not even like he's swaggering. It's like a lumbering, um, forceful, you're fucked. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, And even just the... If you could see... In, in Phantom Liberty, you could watch the back of his head walking away and go, holy fuck, that's Idris Elba. <laughs> I'm no joking. Honestly, the way he walks. And he's usually got the long trench coat on as well. It's total... It's total Luther. Yeah. Like, he's brilliant. And... I don't know. For a, a while there, we did have people, like A-list actors, phoning it in. Like, I always remember... I say I always remember, now I'm not going to remember. The wee lad out of... Game of Thrones, he did the voice for something in Destiny, and he was so bad that they had to remove it from the game. I, I, like, I'm not a Destiny player, but I believe it was just like he was basically going like, and uh, now go through to the other. Peter Dinklage. Room. Mm-hmm. Is that who you're referring to? Okay. He was fucking atrocious, and they had to remove him. Because he obviously just couldn't be fucked. But then you, you, I'm telling you right now, even if you're not going to play Phantom Liberty, watch a video of it and what? Because they've clearly mocapped Idris yeah, Elba, yeah. and he has put as much effort into this as he would a film. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. The only thing that pains me is that I was saying this in the Discord mm-hmm. last night that I gave a sort of a very hopeful estimate of five years, but I think it'll be longer than that. I mean, it's going to be a while before we get more cyberpunk. Mm. They have said they're making a second game, which I'm ecstatic about because they could have just fucking ran mm. after the launch of this one. Yeah. But I'm so excited that they're not because it's a big statement. But as it is now with 2.0 and Phantom Liberty put on top, it's one of the best games I've ever played in my life. God. Like one of my favourite games, probably certainly in the top three, five favourite games from the PlayStation 3 era is Deus Ex Human Revolution. I love that game. This is that, but an evolution in an open world. Mm-hmm. It's beyond phenomenal. I, I just... It's absolutely brilliant, honestly. Like I say, I've still got... I think I've got two missions still to go, so it could fall off a cliff, but at the moment, it's a 10. And I don't do many 10s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a 10 word bullet. Well, thank you. Um, it's hard to follow that, really, isn't it? It is. I mean, I'm but. fucking wet. Yeah, next on can our list. Just, can we just fuck this off so I can go and finish it? <laughs> so I can go and finish it. Yeah, so next on our list is El Paso Elsewhere, which will be available on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC on. September 26th, so you can prepare for an adventure that will take you beyond borders and into the unknown. It promises to be an exciting journey. I don't know much about this game. I hadn't even heard of it until today. And then we got like, I think I got a DM, got a couple of messages on, remember if it was threads or Twitter, asking about it and then I saw that it was getting quite high reviews like not amazing but like 8 8.5s mm-hmm. pretty high especially for these days pretty high reviews I think it's sitting on Open Critic at like an 83 or something like that and um, I was like 
ah, that rings a slight bell. Then I looked at my emails. I had, a, I had a press release from it earlier in the day talking about how it was out. I'm like, where's this game came from? And I had looked at a video and I'm like, I don't know. It's a third-person shooter. There's bits of it that look like a fucking PS2 game, though. Like, wh- I, that's what confuses me. Yeah, it looks a bit, a bit low-poly, maybe. I'm intrigued by it. Like, it's, it's getting high scores. I can see by your face you're not impressed. We've got the trailer up just now. We've got, no, it's a review up, actually, from The Escapist. Fucking charging them for that shout-out. It does, it looks very, very... Very PS One actually when it goes and when it goes close in. But yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I might check it out. The scores are high. They must be high for a reason. So maybe take a look at it. It's maybe a bit of that kind of nostalgia though with some of the elements. There's a lot. Of, there's a in. lot of games just now that are coming out, and they are mm. aiming for, like, to spec it to a PS One. Mm. Like we spoke about recently, and comes out next week. That Dino Break. Mm-hmm. which is basically taking Dino Crisis, and they, I think, did the same thing, where they're like, no, no, we're, we're working to like a PS1 architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going for like the nostalgia. I'm not necessarily sure that PS1 architecture is the sort of stuff you'd want to go for, because it hasn't aged great, but, I mean, the scores are there for this game, so yeah, maybe worth checking out. Yep. And for all you Nintendo and PC gamers out there, we have Mineco's Night Market coming your way on September 26th. So you can get ready to step into a world filled with charm, cats, and commerce as you dive into the delightful mysteries of Mineco's Night Market. A very colourful looking. Yeah. Game. <laughs> I, I don't have a fucking clue what this is. I mean, it's on the Switch, so you'd have to pay me to care. But. I mean, what what are we talking here? Is this something that'd be up your street? I'm going to say no. It's sitting with a critic average of 70 and only 54% of critics recommend. Although it's only had 14 reviews, but yeah, it might not be... It might not be great. (laughs) Okay, well, if none of those float your boat, then you can mark your calendar for September 28th for Sonic Frontiers The Final Horizon. It's speeding on to the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch and PC. Um, So this is like update number three and you can look forward to new story content, new challenges and the ability to play as Tails, Amy and Knuckles. Yeah, I think that's... A lot of people like that new Sonic game. I think this will be a good addition for them. I've still not played it. Like It's one of those things where... See, even five years ago, I would have played this game because it would have got to a point where there would have been time and you'd have been like, right, I've played all my must-plays and I've played everything that was high up on my list. What's something that I was was thinking maybe? And then you would dive into. Mm. But, like, these days, you just can't do that. Like, I'll never get to this. In my head, I'm like... Yeah, I'll maybe pick that up at some point, but I won't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as, as I'm quite interested in Sonic Superstars, but it's hitting was it seventeenth of October? It's yeah. just right in the mix of all that madness. So it's you know, it's one of the ones like, oh, I'm interested, but do I play it at that point? Probably not. I mean, all you can do, if you wait 
you'll get a sale, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like you need to jump in day one. Like I, I mean, I think Sonic can probably get away with it because, especially after the films, I think it's got enough cachet. But it might not be a bad idea for that to get delayed. Mm. Like, does that really need to come out? Sega have got a decent lineup. They've got about forty-five Yakuza games coming out this year, and some other stuff as well. Like, they could, I don't know. I think it's the kind of game though that I mean, I think it will hit the Christmas market. I think aye. it'll be a present for a lot of people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of game. It is. Ah, you're right. Yeah. I, I, like I say, I, I think more than most, it's probably insulated from. Mm-hmm getting the fucked madness. by the sales but yeah. but, but yeah, then they've got and it, so many games that one comes out on the same day as Wonder as well doesn't it Mario Wonder's Wonder Wonder's the 20th oh well I mean the 17th Which 20th is the same day Spider-Man aye. so I mean you're looking at like I don't know what's I mean I'm, I'm saying that Sonic's insulated from it because it's maybe like it, app- it appeals to a lot of children as well but so does Mario mm. and, and so, so does, does Spider-Man <laughs> and there are, that's three games that are coming out in three in days fucking aye three days Yikes. And they're 70 a pop. Mm-hmm. Actually, maybe Sonic isn't. It might be cheaper, but you're still talking the guts are £200 if you want those three games as a Christmas right there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> Big year for Santa. Yeah. Okay, so we also have former Limbo and Inside developers releasing Cocoon? Cock it? No, it's not cock. <laughs> if it's not cock, I nice C- see where your head's at. Cocoon. Cocoon. <laughs> Cocoon. It's coming out on 29th of September on PC through Steam, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. I don't know why I've not read S. Let me check that one. <laughs> and the Switch. Um, so in this game, you'll be jumping between worlds which exist within orbs that you carry on your back. You use these orbs to solve multiple puzzles, merging them together, swapping them around and even using them to power machinery. The stunning world design combines unusual ancient machinery, colourful natural biomes and strange guardian enemies to create a puzzle adventure game like no other. Yeah, right. So (laughs) I'm really, I'm really intrigued by this. Me too. So it's coming to Game Pass as well. So the Deus podcast releases all the Game Pass train can get on board, honk the horn, download the game, enjoy the game. I love Limbo and I love Inside. I think they're both excellent games. The previews for this game are through the roof, right? It got a preview blowout about a month ago. It was shown off and it was actually demoed to people uh, behind the scenes at Gamescom. And the reports coming out of it was game of the show. Mm. Like, I, I actually looked it up before we recorded just to make sure it was a, wasn't was a different game I was thinking about. I saw two separate articles that said Phantom Liberty was really good, but Cocoon was the game of the show. Mm. That's how good this game's supposed to be. And I believe it because Limbo and Inside were both brilliant. But I watched the trailer and I'm like... It looks okay. It doesn't look better than okay. Uh, yeah, it's hard to tell, obviously, from the trailer, yeah. but I don't know, it's maybe not got that kind of, like, cutesy kind of... I don't know, that, like, Limbo and 
inside her. I don't know. But maybe also brutal at the same time. Well, yeah, but... Your wee guy would just snap his leg in two. Yeah. But I get what you mean. Um, But it reminds me of... Do you remember Sky Dancers? They were a toy from the 90s, but they were, like, quite dangerous. Right. That rings a bell. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there was a boy version. It was maybe more of a girly toy. Um, But they were, like, little dolls, but they had wings. And you, like, pulled a string... Like, you put them in a little device and then you pulled the string and then they shot up in the air and spun round. Oh, that rings a bell. Um, Like, the flying of the character in this game kind of spins the same way as a sky dancer, and that's what it reminded me of. It's probably where they get their inspiration, let's be honest. I, would I mean, say the, so. the timing makes it. Uh, <laughs> the timing sort of checks out, doesn't it? But, but yeah, I'm yeah, really, definitely one to watch. Aye, I think and we'll, check we should try this before next week. Mm. I think it's going to score very um. high. I'll get to this, but I need to clear some shit off because I'm, um, it's chaos. Welcome to my world. <laughs> um, and you, last, you know, in the Big Bang Theory, when uh, Sheldon is under the balls and he just keeps coming up and going bazinga. <laughs> That's me in a ball pit of games, <laughs> okay. shouting help, please uh, help. Yeah. Um, and lastly, we have a treat for all the sports fans. Eat. Sports FC 24 it's in the game will be hitting PlayStation 5 Xbox Series X and S PlayStation 4 Xbox One Nintendo Switch and PC on fucking everything September 29th yep I've also played this okay do you want to talk about it now or do you want to wait I want to talk about it now okay because I did that with Cyberpunk and it'd be weird if I didn't <laughs> yes so FIFA 23.1 that's what we've got here. It's hard. It's a hard game to talk about. It's harder to talk about without Andy because he would get this more um, as a, a FIFA fan as well. Yeah, I am a football fan, but I've never been into the football games. games at all. Gameplay-wise, it's very, very similar to last year. Very similar to last year. And most annoyingly for me, all the historical issues that I've had with it are still there. And I think at this point, it's just a case of until they move off the frostbite engine, it's just not going to get fixed. Like, it's just not. What are kind of some of the issues? The legacy issues I have with it are still there. Like, you make a pass to a player and in, and he might be, like, standing side on from it. And instead of turning 25 degrees to accept the ball, it'll turn 270 degrees to accept the ball. And you're like, no human does that. No one does that. I don't think that math adds up, but okay. You know what I mean? No, do you know, <laughs> it doesn't add up. But it's just doing completely unrealistic things, like players just randomly turning their back on the play and then looking over their shoulder as if they're trying to defend using their back instead of facing the, the play. Players skating, and I'm not talking like, like, sometimes we talk about how FIFA is quite skatey, like, mm-hmm. but it's players literally with their feet planted on the ground moving 10 yards without moving their legs. And like, the presentation in the game is unbelievable. The graphics are incredible. The way the shots move on the players are incredible. Stop putting fucking effort into that stuff and make the game look proper. Like, because all that stuff looks great, 
But then... But when your characters or your players uh, are... But yeah, you're, you're skating about the pitch. Aye, you're, just, you're watching it and you just want it to look like a football game. And then somebody just skates out the way mm. and you're like, well, that's any immersion that I had completely broken. Mm. What the fuck was that? Mm. And, it and it's frustrating to watch or frustrating to play. I can get it. It the... happens all the time. Yeah. And I talk to people and they're like, oh, the gameplay's fucking amazing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's fun. It's really fun. And I do think that partly, I think I get more of this sort of stuff. I think I've maybe said this in the past, but I think I get more of this sort of stuff because I think I, I'm trying to play it like eFootball. And I think maybe in doing that, I'm maybe causing more of this stuff to happen mm. than maybe some other people do. And, and that's potentially a me problem. But the game definitely has issues like... Thiago Silva that plays for Chelsea, right? I think he's 40 now. He's never been fast. I'm playing a game against the AI the other day and in FIFA there's this unrealistic move you can do where when you're running, if you flick the right stick, they kick the ball quite a bit ahead of them and they just sprint towards mm. it. The AI has Thiago Silva do that from his own box straight up the wing. And because it's so overpowered in the balancing at the moment, not one, I was I was Arsenal, not one player in the Arsenal team could keep up with him. 40-year-old Thiago Silva <laughs> ran the length of the pitch, sprinting, and nobody could catch him. Nobody. And you're like, what the fuck? And that's happening a lot. And I think what the issue is with that is, and again, this is not not necessarily that you have made the wrong call. I think they've made the right call. It's just not the right call for me, is... It's been happening more and more each year, but I think especially this year, the AI is playing like someone you would play against online. Okay. And I think for the most part, people will be happy with that because I think more people than not play offline to practice to play online. Uh -huh. And so I think that will help them. But I only play offline. And I want my AI to play like it's a fucking football match. Mm -hmm. And I want it to look like a football match because I play it like it's... I, I pass around at the back, I build up play, I do this, I do that. And then they'll just, boom, straight through. Um, it's still fun, but it, it's got issues. It's definitely got issues. And then there's also just, like, random bugs just now. Like, see, for years now in FIFA, like, any time over about the 70th minute when the ball goes out of play, a little thing comes up in the corner to make a quick substitution. And if you hold down R2, it comes up saying, oh, this guy's got low energy, you might want to switch him with him. And you can just press X and it'll do it. Mm -hmm. That's not working. It comes up telling you to press R2. When you press it, nothing happens. And this didn't just happen once. It's never. It's not worked a single time I've played the game yet. Um, I had stuff like I always move Celtic and Rangers into the Premier League and I go Celtic because they're my team and I want to play against I don't want to play against Kilmarnock every week because they're shit <laughs> now, that's much better now because Celtic Park and Ibrox are in it but playing my first game Man City right maybe I should up the difficulty more maybe I shouldn't I'm winning 2-1 fabulous delighted with myself it's coming up to like a couple of minutes to go right it's at home and the crowd, the atmosphere starts to really build. It's really loud. They're singing, you'll never walk alone. And I'm like, this is fuck. The atmosphere's really good. Like, they're trying to hold, I'm trying to hold on. Haaland's fucking calling for the ball. And I'm like, get it the fuck, get it the fuck. I'm, I'm going to win 2-1. 
and it's so loud and it, it was really cool. The final whistle goes and the crowd atmosphere just dies. Mm. And I'm like, why would they not be allowed cheer? They've just won. But they were like, they were amped up, amped up, amped up. And then the final whistle went and then everything just went quiet. Mm. But you could still hear the crowd, but they were just really low. And I'm like, what, what was the decision there? Like, why? Is that a glitch? Or have they just thought, well, the game's over, it doesn't matter now? Like, your fans celebrate. Yeah. Maybe not in the Premier League, but in Scotland they do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Um, but yeah, career mode's had some updates. It's got better training now. Um, you can sort of work towards a philosophy for the team. That's good. There's new menus that are good, although they do, once you go a bit deeper into them, it sort of reverts back to the old style. But they're, they're making changes. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's good. It's just, see if you could take the FIFA gameplay out and put the eFootball gameplay into that whole, into that FIFA package. It would be phenomenal. But... You can't. There, you can't. It's different people. No. Um, but you can check this out if you wish. You've got 10 hours Yeah, free. you get 10 hours. If you've got Game Pass, you'll get 10 hours automatically. Um, on PlayStation, mm. you'll need EA Play, but you can get it at the moment for 79p for the first month. Uh, you can just get that directly off the PlayStation Store. I don't think there's any option for early access on the Switch version. Um, so I think you have to wait till this Friday for that, uh, which is the official launch. And it'll be interesting to see that because they've, so for the last like maybe four years, the Switch version has been called Legacy. And it's, they've essentially admitted all we're doing is updating the kits and the transfers. The gameplay's untouched. Whereas this year, they've said, no, no, we're actually updating the game. So. It'll be interesting because the last couple of years it's had a really bad rating, um, like review score wise. Not that it's a bad game, but because they've charged try to charge you seventy pound for an updated kit. Yeah. Um, whereas this time they are going to actually change it. So hopefully it would be cool if it worked well on the Switch because it doesn't have many good football games. Yeah, and just to add, deal of the week this week, um, EA Sports FC twenty four has been bundled with the PS5 for four to four you can get it for at shop too. So it's a pretty good deal because the PlayStation went up to what four seven nine? Yeah. So if you don't have a PlayStation five and you're thinking about it and you're a football fan, now is the time. I mean they've essentially taken the price of a PS five and instead of adding the price of FIFA on They've taken what FIFA costs and subtracted that yeah. off a PlayStation yeah. 5, so it's a good deal. Now, Tam pointed out, like, yeah, if you take the cost of that, take the cost of the controller, it's basically £300. But what are you going to play on it? What are you going to play with if you don't have a controller? Well, yeah, but that's some girl math right there, which I'm loving. No. Not, not saying Tam's a girl, but that is how girl math no, works. No, let's go with that. <laughs> and, and, and else, Badger, what do you say about Tam? No, no, that's all. Guy's struggling through, young kid. He's trying to find his way in life. No, support, I'm just support his family. I'm just appreciating. No, of him. no, I'm not. I'm just appreciating his girl math because that's right. that's how we think. That's okay. the model that we use. That's the model. You yeah, use. I'll show more on it next week. I'll tell you all about girl math when Andy's back. Right. Andy will definitely appreciate girl math. I can tell. Mm -hmm. Yep. More than Tam. Yep. 
Poor Tam. Can't believe you've done him like that. So, sticking with the football theme, the bin has returned this week to welcome Jaden Sancho. Can you tell us more? Well, funny, just after you bury him, Tam, uh, this is actually Tam's uh, request. Big Man United fan. And Jaden Sancho is having a mare. Um, he's decided, basically, he, he just doesn't want to train anymore, which is fucking hilarious from a guy that's getting paid about 250 grand a week. I would literally take yeah. a brick to the balls for nine hours for 250 grand a week. But he's decided that he can just uh, do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, so Man United player uh, hasn't been doing particularly well in recent times. To be honest, he's never really sort of found his form from when he was at Dortmund. So you just been with this player of the whole of Man United? Oh. <laughs> You'll be as popular as ever on the on the old sports section after that. I think they're actually winning just now, by the way. They're winning about 2 or 3 now. They can score goals now. 2 now. Well done. I'll be there for second win, about 15 games. Um, but yeah, uh, Jaden Sancho has decided that he doesn't want to train anymore. He thinks it's a personal vendetta. He thinks that clearly it's all about him. Um, and it's just a, a big conspiracy against him. Uh, everyone else thinks he's a bit of a lazy bastard, doesn't he want to train, and hasn't been playing well enough to get into the team. And I just think that anyone getting paid that amount of money should shut the fuck up and try their best, regardless. I realise these guys have got big egos. I realise he thinks he should be playing, and he probably does think he's putting in more effort than Ten Hag does, but he's the boss, and if you're getting paid that amount of money, you should turn up, try your, your best, shut your face, and be thankful, yeah. because there's very few people in the world that wouldn't want to be in the position he's in. Yeah. So, Jaden Sancho, get in the fucking bin. Although the problem there is, I'm pretty sure Man United are on the bin. They are. Aye, so they've just been reunited. <laughs> there he is, back in the right wing. <laughs> Doing fuck all, picking his nose. But yeah, get in the bin. Uh, okay, so we have ticked off quite a lot of what you have played already, Craig, but is there anything else you've played that you would like to share? I've played some more Liza piece. So as I said, there was a way uh, at the weekend... And don't think I didn't notice you took my pink controller, by the way. It's the best one. The white ones, the left sticks starting to bust on it, mm. which is a standard PlayStation. The fact that happened in the PlayStation 4 controller and it's still happening now really upsets me. But um, yeah, I did take your controller. Uh, but yeah, we, we pretty much sat watching films. And so I'd take my second screen and Liza P was an ideal thing to have on because I was just trying to grind to a higher level so that I would be less shit at it. Mm. Um, and are you less shit at it? Yes. Yep. I've managed to get three bosses deep now, which I'm quite happy about. Um, straight after that, I did hit a wall because... So there's certain enemies that if you beat them and you die, you then won't have to beat them again, even if you have to go through that area. And then there's certain ones that you do... So, like, there's regular enemies, and each time you go back to a stargazer, they will respawn. And so you can, if you want, start a stargazer, go out, thump ten guys, get ergo from them, go back, respawn them and keep doing that, and then use those points to level up to make the game easier. Um, 
but there's certain sort of bigger enemies and if you kill them then they will not respawn but I'm at a point just now where there's a big bastard who's hard as fuck and I did beat him once but I died straight after it and I was like oh at least I beat the big guy no he's fucking back and I haven't been able to beat him again yet <clears throat> so uh, but yeah I'm still playing on with it it's, it's still brilliant like play Liza P it's it's so good if you if you get an Xbox you have absolutely no excuse and if you don't have an Xbox it's not even a full price game like technically this is an indie game but it looks amazing mm. runs at solid 60 it's the story's great the lore's great the gameplay's great it's it's come I think it will be comfortable in my top 10 it's really really good really good the only thing is I'm I'm not convinced I'm gonna be able to get to, to beat it it's quite a long game. It's fucking solid. And I'm a total shit house. But I'll try my best. Uh, I also played a little bit of a game called Metaball. Yeah, not Meatball. As not I Meatball. saw on the tile screen, I was like, oh, Meatball, what's that? But Metaball is what it's called. Yeah, I called it Meatball as well, to be, first, to be fair. Just it just mind, does look like that's what it says. doing tricks on you when you read it. Yeah. So that's not where it stops looking like something else either because it's very much Rocket League. Ah, okay. Which is not the worst game in the world to copy. Very popular game. Um, It's basically Rocket League, but basketball. And so instead of being in a car, you're a little guy on like a hoverboard. I think when you get further in, you can probably create your character or whatever. You don't have to be a wee guy. I'm sure you could be a wee girl. Or Um, a non-binary. Or non-binary, but um, yeah, it's so again. It's it's got that sort of Rocket League way aesthetic where the court or what I don't know if it's called a court, but it has like it. I don't know. You can go up the sides of it. It's like rounded. Mm-hmm. It, like the arenas look identical to Rocket League, except instead of a net, there's a fucking basket. And even then, I'm pretty sure at one point. Rocket League had a basketball mode, so if you played that mode, it's even probably more like it. Do but, you use your hands to get it in the net? Well, so instead of the ball just flying about the place, sort of free balling, yeah. like it does in Rocket League, it's it does do that, but then when you collect the ball, it's tied to you. So in Rocket League, you're sort of having to nudge it in different directions where yeah. you want to go. When you pick up the ball up in this... There's a little sort of umbilical cord thing that comes out and it attaches to it and you can press L1 and you can you can bounce it from side to side on you and to try and keep it away from people. And then you when you jump, like to dunk it, you have to like move it from back to front as you're jumping. Okay. It's hard to explain, but it's pretty cool. Like I think there's been a few of these games that have came along and obviously tried to capitalise on the fact that Rocket League is fucking huge. This one does it better than most. It's it's pretty good. I don't know that it's going to find an audience. It's a free-to-play game. It's on op- it's in an open beta just now. Okay. I would recommend checking it out. It's cool. It is cool, but I don't know. See, as cool as it was, I played like three games of it and I was like... I really fancy a game of Rocket League. <laughs> you know that way? Like, yeah. And it is a different game. Like, it's it's different enough that it's doing... It has its own identity. Mm-hmm. 
but I still want you can't to play. help but compare and then yeah I still just thought I'd quite like to play Rocket League mm. um, and the only other thing that was really bizarre about it is you have to go through a tutorial at first that shows you how to do it um, and it does a good job actually the tutorial like it's very clear and it explains everything all the mechanics it sounds like it's like a 10 year old girl that's explaining it to you it's really weird the way it's spoken um, like to the point where I'm like did the person that made this like as a oh this will be nice get his daughter to do the tutorial it's, it's weird but yeah I would recommend checking it out it's an open beta just now um, Playstation, Xbox maybe Switch I'm sure it'll be a PC um, yeah check it out and, and see if you fancy it and the last thing I played was just, uh, I want to give a shout out to PGA Tour 2K23. Um, for the last like sort of six or seven weeks, uh, Callum on the Discord has been hosting a Pure Dead Gaming, sort of, I think it's called an online society. And so yeah, each week he's put together like a course for people to play and you can play it in your own time and then everyone sort of submits their score and you see who does the best. Um, it's something I've been wanting to play, but I've just not had time. I've just been swamped. Um, but uh, he got a hold of me. He's like, you need to play this last course. We're stopping it for a wee while because we're getting into the really busy season. Um, but you, you need to play this one. Um, so I jumped in Sunday night and some guy had made a Last of Us course. Okay. And <laughs> it was really cool. Like, it was basically just, like, it looked like the sort of scenery from The Last of Us, but then there was just, like, random, like, fairways and greens <laughs> uh, put in. Uh, it's a lot of effort, whoever the guy was that done it, but... Um, Can you change the, like, I guess, like, weather settings and stuff like that? Yeah, so it's, yeah. like, dull and miserable? Uh-huh, like, yeah, yeah, cool. You can choose what settings you want. But, yeah, it was really cool. I did not do it particularly well. I think I, fin- I, think I finished one over, uh, but... But it was fun, and yeah, I'm hoping we can get back to it uh, towards the end of the year because I, I do want to do it, it's just the time. Um, but no, I appreciate Callum putting all that together, it was really good, and I know everybody enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, we'll get more of it soon. Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, I've had a bit of a mayor to be honest, I've been sucked right back in to Disney Dreamlight Valley again. Yeah, so in fact, actually. Sorry, just before you get into that, just because the same, same guys in that. Um, Speedstorm yep. goes free to play this week. So uh, it's not okay. technically a new release, but you'll be able to play it for free now, whereas you had to buy it before. Yep. Remember, it was only a two-hour trial. Yep. Um, so yeah, just shout that you can play that for free. Cool. Well, yeah, so it's interesting. So obviously over a year after like Bell first started popping up on the promotional images for Disney Dreamlight Valley, they finally added her to the game that's right because Ern kept going on sorry if you can hear the rain by the way there's an absolute storm going on outside <laughs> which I'm secretly loving yeah. but um, yeah Ern has went on about that she's been like why Why is Belle on the cover then if you can't go or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah so her and the Beast are now there so that I think it got added like the 13th of September which um, Beast? Beauty and the Beast. Right. Um, so there's a, a new realm adventure set in the Beast Castle, which is quite cool. Um, and new friendship quests and items available. There's also the spooky candy event coming back from the 24th of October to 1st of November. So you can... T- Jesus Christ. <laughs> there could end up with a power cut here at Pure oh Day Game God. HQ. Yeah. Um, so you can tidy up any seasonal 
dreamlike duties that you might have missed last year so again like credit to this game because you know they're they're continually dropping new bits of content um and you know they've got that seasonal pull as well you know there's halloween things coming up and there'll be christmas stuff coming up so yeah credit to them i just it just still baffles me the whole it's still in early access and you're like it does seem very strange, especially since it's the same people that made Speedstorm and that, as I just said, is now going free-to-play. Yeah. I mean, it, don't be wrong, it's not without its kind of bugs and glitches. Like, the frame rate still constantly dips and stuff like that, but it's it's playable. Like, it's perfectly playable, as is. And especially thinking about their kind of target audience for this game as well. So, um but yeah, I sunk more time than I would like to admit back into that because Erin was like, oh, we need to get Belle, but obviously she's in the beast realm at first and to get her into the valley, you got to do some stuff. But I couldn't even open the door to get her because I didn't have enough dream light at first. So I had and to... So you've been luring Belle away from the beast? Uh, no, beast came too. Um, but I had to grind to so get you enough... you and the beast have been luring Belle? No whatever stop trying to make this something it's not right <laughs> but yeah so i had to grind to get her it you know so it was a thing um also side note there was the xbox era podcast i think it was they were talking about you know how we spoke about the leaked documents last week and the Zenimax like roadmap document mm. and it had like a bunch of like games that were all like code names it was like project I remember platinum projects yes. you know there was loads of these ones and then there was one that said licensed ip um which again we didn't know what it was but the xbox era podcast they said still a, a rumor you know specify that but um that they that it's a disney ip but i mean that doesn't really narrow anything down let's right. be honest but um possibly a disney ip which was excites me scoop? yes um not sure how reputable they are. I mean, they might be fully reputable. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, That's that, interesting. that excites me if it is. So yeah, there's that. Um, obviously, I've played more time into both Sea of Stars and Starfield as well. Um, not really an awful lot more to say about them. I'm just, again, I'm just grinding my way through. Enjoying them both. That's Yeah. <laughs> um, They're big games though. Mm-hmm. They're more busy people. Yes. Shall we move on? We shall. Okay. Uh, so this week's news. News, news. Always believe in the news. We are bringing you the news. With your digging team. Always believing. So first up, the eagle... Eyed, um, eagle-eyed among you may have spotted that PlayStation have given their product pages a fancy makeover with a brand spanking new five-star user-voted rating system. So you can finally do what you've always dreamed of, Craig. Rate those precious PS5 and PS4 games that you own. Um, as well as view just how many ratings the game has received as well. But obviously you can't just go around throwing stars at every game in sight. You can only rate games that you've actually you know, purchased or downloaded or added to your library what do you think of this? It's cool. So beforehand, there was... I never really understood how it worked, but there was some sort of star system, but it was completely busted. Like, you would go in and nothing would have anything less than four and a half stars or something like that. Like, it was... Like, anything... Even the shittest games had, like, 
I mean, maybe it was four stars, but nothing was like low. It was horrendous, and I don't even know where like the voting system came from. Mm. So for them to put something in place like this, it's a start. It's cool. Yeah, it's not Steam. No, because obviously, like Steam's got moderators. It shows the playtime tracking. You can sort and filter it. You can vote on reviews as well, can't you? Um, yeah, I Steam. But, it, but it's not without its flaws as well. No, nothing's perfect, but I don't understand why Microsoft and Sony can't look at that and go, that's a fucking lot better than what we're doing. Like, a lot of the time, I mean, I, I we do have a decent PC, but you need those trophies and achievements, so fuck gaming <laughs> and that thing. But a lot of the time, like if a game's coming out on, say, Xbox, I'll go, if it's out on PC as well, I'll go to the Steam page have a look and see what people think mm. because it's one of the best resources of doing it like the fact that let's say people can leave user reviews now playstation and xbox won't like that because you could fucking write anything yeah and they wouldn't want to moderate that shit but it's really good because it comes up and like sometimes you'll have like somebody going oh this game's shit um i, I got to the end and uh, the ending was crap but it will say time on record 0.6 hours and you're like no you didn't like you, it's a lot more transparent like you can see how much people have played you can vote up vote down and then people can vote up and down on those reviews so you get like all oh, these are the sort of top rated like feedback reviews sort of thing it's it's so much better it's yeah. just so much better um and it's been about it's steam have had that for years at this point and it's incredible that no, no one's turned around and went Aye, why don't we do that? Especially now that, like, I get that stuff like that would be a faff on the PlayStation and the Xbox, you know what I mean? Like, so aye, if you, you had, had to type, like, to, unless you bought the little keypad thing. You've got to type up a review and you're like, along four, down two, <laughs> aye, along three, up two, H. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, absolute garbage. But see, nowadays, everybody's got the app on their phone. So just have it almost like a feed within mm. the PlayStation app and the Xbox app. It can it cannot be that difficult. Yeah, I think it's just that they don't want to put the effort into doing it. There is that, and also, I don't know. Thinking about our own lifestyle and stuff, we're busy people. I ain't got time for writing reviews on all the games I play. Oh, I'm not going to do it. I mean, we do it obviously for our own website. And we write full reviews, but yeah. I'm not going to like. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm. Not I mean, granted, do- maybe if it's just like. A star, like a star system, then you maybe would, but maybe, but I probably wouldn't even do that. But exactly, other people will, and then I can use that resource. Like I'm not going to do, do it. Do you but trust other these people? people? Do you do you trust the type of people that have the time to review? I would trust it more if it's someone that says they've put thirty hours into a game, and then they're saying what they think of it. Mm-hmm. It might not be my, it might not be what I think of it, but I'm like, right, that person's put the time in. This is their legit opinion. Because you'd have to be a real fucking troll to put like 20, 30 hours into a game just to go, <laughs> now I can shit on it. Mm. I've bought the game. I've played 30 hours of it and now I can shit on it. Like, so I think it would be a much better system. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of five tr- star reviews, so if you do enjoy Pure Day Gaming, please give us a little review. Exactly. <laughs> your fucking hands in Take your Take the time for us. Get your phone out, review the podcast, or I'll come and abduct your children. <laughs> In fact, no, most folk would actually quite like that. No, I'm going to edit that bit out. Ah, you so. are, you best do, because they'll just clip it and use it against me in the Discord. 
Um, or you could ho- hold, you could hold people ransom if they don't leave a review, Craig. Much like a ransomware group that is claims to have breached all Sony systems. Hmm. Yeah. So this news comes via VGC. So ransomware group Ransomed.vc claims to have successfully breached Sony's group breached Sony Group and is threatening to sell a cache of data stolen from the Japanese company. While its claims remain unverified, Cybersecurity Connect reports that the relative ransomware newcomer has racked up an impressive amount of victims since bursting onto the scene last month. We have successfully compromised all of Sony's system, the group claimed, on both the clear and dark nets. Uh, says we won't ransom them, we will sell the data due to Sony Sony not wanting to pay. Data is for sale. And yeah, according to the Cybersecurity Connect, the group has posted some like sort of proof of the data that they've hacked, but although it also says it's not particularly compelling. So Well, I know obviously a lot of people from Sony listen to this podcast. And what I would say is you can instantly um, narrow it down to a non-English speaking country because the quotes that they've put in are not from an English speaker. Yeah, perhaps not. Not that that narrows it down very much because the world is fucking huge. But there is a concern that if you're a PlayStation owner, these people have your data and yikes. Wouldn't be the fucking first time we saw it. Well, I know because yeah, back 12... Well, I, I remember, I remember it was like it. offline for a week. Well, not weeks. Well, Maybe remember, it was weeks. Oh, I remember it. I remember yeah. it well. Um, yeah. Because there was like so many accounts compromised and there was a whole big security breach. They shut down the PSN. Yeah. Like you just couldn't connect on a PlayStation. Like it just would not go online. And I remember it was so funny because like folk were raging. Like folk were so yeah. fucking angry. This is the end of PlayStation. This is this, this is that. And I was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> It did not bother me. Like it was, it was just over three weeks. I'm sure it lasted, but it could have went on for three months, and I could not give a fuck. Like but back, it was a different time back then. You could still play your games. Like hmm. whereas, oh, aye, they, they wouldn't. I don't think they would, they would be able to shut it down like that now because yeah. folk would be going nuts. Like I bought these products, I can't play them. Yeah. But like back then. Not, not every game, I mean, some people even now will find it hard to believe this, but back in 2011, mm-hmm. like, only some games released digitally. Mm-hmm. Like, most games still at that point did not. Yeah. And so almost everyone was still buying through discs other than your, like, Xbox Live games or your, do you know what I mean, your proper indie games, your pain from mm-hmm. <laughs> PS3 and stuff like that. Um, and so... Yeah, all it really affected was people playing online against each other, and I didn't have any time for that shit. So I was having a great time; like I couldn't have cared less. But I people that were wanting online for Call of Duty or FIFA yeah. or Battlefield or whatever they were raging. But yeah, I, I, I was just laughing at them. That was nice. Uh, next up, publisher Konami is going out of its way to upset their loyal fan base. This time they have revealed that Metal Gear Solid will remain at 30 FPS in the upcoming Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 Trilogy Bundle. Despite it being a quote-unquote remaster of a game that first launched in September 1998 on the OG PlayStation. It's a bit piss poor, this. I mean, we shouldn't be overly surprised it is Konami. Brought to you by the makers of eFootball. Um, 
<laughs> World class bed shittles. But um Yes, yeah, I bet. I mean, they're calling them remasters. They're ports. Like, if this was any sort of remaster, it would be 60 frames a second. Like, I mean, so in this trilogy, 2 and 3 are run at 60, but they ran at 60 at launch on PlayStation 2. Mm. This is the only one that was originally 30, and it's still 30. And it's there's no reason why they couldn't have upped that if they put a bit of fucking effort in. And they would have had to update some stuff, but it wouldn't have been that difficult. But it's clear that it's just... It's basically just a port. Um, it's cool that you're going to be able to play Metal Gear Solid on the original... Like, Sorry, you're going to be able to play the original Metal Gear Solid um, on a PlayStation 5, but it's going to look... It's going to be rough. It's going to be pretty rough. We did get a, a write-in. Flying Taco wrote in and said, how can Konami honestly justify not making Metal Gear Solid 60 frames a second? It's a PS1 game for fuck's sake. Konami just constantly mess things up. At this point, I have no faith in the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. And yeah, I mean... Everyone got really excited when that got announced, but then there was a couple of little tidbits from that after that we thought were like, oh, you're not redoing the audio. Oh, you're not doing... Like, I don't know. I think it's very hard to have faith in Konami at the moment. Um, they've got a lot of goodwill to to, to have sort of fight back, mm. and I don't think they're going to start in a great foot with this collection. Next up, Crystal Dynamics, the developer behind the rebooted Tomb Raider franchise, has been hit with a round of layoffs as Embracer Group continues to crumble. They have already been closures at Embracer, but at the, but at the time, Crystal Dynamics stated that it would be insulated against such action. But now it appears that nine brand slash marketing staff and one IT employee have been let go, which Crystal Dynamics confirmed on X in a statement. I still can't. It's just not natural to see. It's not happening, is it? Twitter. Nah, it's not working. <laughs> it's one of those things people just aren't going to do it. I mm. think three years from now, folk will just be like, no. I mean, three years from now, Elon Musk will have properly fucked it into the ground. But mm-hmm. when people talk about it, member, member Twitter. Member Twitter. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't be member X. Yeah, it's just not natural. No. But anyway, yeah, more shit news, obviously. I feel like for the last however many weeks, we've continuously reported about layoffs at various companies and it's just not a good... It's not a good sign for the industry at all. Embracers in a bad state. Held together by gaffer tape. Like every... Much like the back of your van. Yes, exactly <laughs> like the back of my van. I got asked about that the other day. Why is your van held together by gaffer tape? I'm like, because I'm busy. <laughs> the fuck off. <laughs> was my response. Um, yeah, I, I, there's going to be more of this. This isn't the end. Like, I don't know. I mean, if you were trying to play this down you could you could say okay um the one it guy wasn't particularly good at his job and the market and people that we let go we don't need just now because the game's not gonna be out for four years like they've just started making it you, mm-hmm. you could make that claim but i mean 
there's fires erupting all over the place at Embracer just now. Like, they clearly, they're a company that they went about raising capital to buy all these studios, didn't understand how much it cost to make games, more on that in a minute, and have started having to, like, cut their cloth. Mm. And the more they do it, the more they realise, oh, shit, this still isn't doable then they've clearly went back, tried to raise more funding. The people that got the funding off of before have realised, holy shit, this actually costs a lot of fucking money and the house of cards has fallen. And I suppose we just need to hope that new companies are formed, like new studios are formed out of these ones that are falling apart. Because yeah. yeah. um, there's a lot of talented people out there. Mm. Uh, Glenn's Gofield, co-creator of Dead Space and director of the Cluster Protocol, is leaving developer Striking Distance Studios. Schofield founded the studio and served as CEO, which was opened in conjunction with publisher Crafton in 2019. As reported by Bloomberg, Schofield's departure was because the veteran developer had, quote, decided to pursue new opportunities. Striking Distance Chief Operating Officer Stacey Herita, Herita, and Chief Financial Officer Johnny Hsu will leave simultaneously. A Crafton representative told Bloomberg and IGN that all three departed the studio voluntarily. Callisto Protocol reportedly failed to meet sales expectations or even to recoup development costs. Yeah, I mean, this just follows on from the last one. Like, games are costing far too much money to make. And this was, I mean, there was loads of stories come out of this about this at the time that I think it was over, was it over 200 million they reckoned that uh, Callisto Protocol cost. Um, it was going to be hard to make the money back. Um, and then obviously, like, reviews were good but not great. I think Donnie needs to take a little bit of responsibility here. Like, a bit of a shite bag. Had to play the game while holding his eyes in front of his face, gave it a low score. That's obviously the knockdown effect. Led to Glenn Schofield leaving the studio. Bit harsh. Bit harsh. Um, there is a rumour that, alongside Farming Simulator 2022, that Cluster Protocol's coming to the Essential lineup for PlayStation Plus in October. So I wonder if that's a sort of last chance. Aye, I, I think... <laughs> I think they've realised, so they brought a DLC, which I've still to play actually, it's meant to be good, but um, I think they've realised that they've sort of got as much as they're going to get out of it now, and with Glenn Schofield and others leaving the studio, I think I think they've, they're having to downsize, but before they do that and move on to the next projects, I think they're like, right, we need to see what last bits we can extract out of this. Mm-hmm. So if PlayStation are offering a deal, let's take the money and at least then we can mm-hmm. we can move on and make a smaller... Like, I think what, if they do make something else, it will be like a smaller title and probably like likes Glenn Schofield was like, nah, peace out. I, I was here to make a big AAA game. Yeah. Yes, we haven't made the money that we, we wanted to make, so we're going to have to make something smaller. I don't want to be a part of that. Um um, but yeah, it's a shame. Um, it's a shame, and obviously, I'm completely caused by Donny. Uh, I feel uh, like we've insulted quite a lot of people on this episode. Yeah, <laughs> but, but look, it's, it's just it's just him having to take his lumps. I mean, you look at Callum. Like, see, once um, Square Enix gets sold to um, 
PlayStation. Like that would be because Final Fantasy didn't meet his sales expectations. And that's all on Callum for his <laughs> review. He buried that game. Oh, God. Right? See the influence that, that this podcast and the website has? It's fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. Mm-hmm. It's literally ruining careers. Yeah. Including my own. <laughs> um, I feel like we're nearing the end of this news. Like, we haven't spoke about it in a while, but I'm bringing it back for this week because... The UK regulator of the Competitions and Markets Authority has provisionally agreed to allow Microsoft proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So the CMA sort of remained the last major roadblock for the deal closing and initially blocked the acquisition in April due to concerns about its impact of cloud, blah, 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 blah. Um, Microsoft attempted to restructure its proposed acquisition by agreeing to sell cloud streaming rights to Ubisoft, leading the CMA to launch a new measure inquiry this move has now seemingly been enough to satisfy the cma which has posted its provisional decision so the end is in sight i mean maybe (laughs) will it ever end yeah i think the the current date is like the 18th of october for it to sort of that's the next deadline we're working to and um interestingly there's been a few things that like I've seen online people have posted that they sort of think that Call of Duty's if this go, like when this goes through like Call of Duty like the older ones obviously not the Modern Warfare 2 and 3 but like they might all get dumped on Game Pass because I think people have tried to buy Call of Duty right. and then they're getting this weird message being like this is part of your Game Pass subscription no but it's actually not yet yeah I think it was in, in Brazil that happened but then I think other you know in the past stuff's come out of there that it's been wrong as well so yeah it would um, make sense like it would they're getting up for to hit the go button like as soon as it as they can essentially but well yeah i'm sure there will be something in place that the new games can't go on yeah because they still got the playstation yeah playstation up, so. have still got kind of not they've got like mm. market and exclusivity and yeah. i'm sure there'll be something in there about how the game cannot go on game pass mm. so yeah, it'll probably be games that, like... Uh, so, in the past, there has been PlayStation sort of terms where they'd be like, right, we've got the market for this, so that this game can't go on Game Pass for two years. Mm-hmm. And so there's maybe something like that, and so what you'll find is it'll be everything up to that point, and then when as soon as they're allowed to drop on, they will. Mm-hmm. But, uh, see, to be honest, like, I wonder if that suits Microsoft... Like, I'm not convinced they want to put Call of Duty and Game Pass straight away. It's a lot of money. Like, mm. I think they will do it in- eventually because their whole idea is to get Game Pass to 100 million or whatever yeah. it is. And Call of Duty is about the best chance they've got. A- I mean, they're still not going to reach 100 million. I don't care what they say. But it's that'll certainly be a massive boost for them. But I don't think it's some sort of catastrophic event that oh we can't do that for two years mm. because that's two years of lapping in the money yeah they've just i mean even for microsoft this is a big purchase so if they can take the sales for two years then i think they'll be quite happy with that yeah. because otherwise they would have had if they wanted to do that they would have had to just not put it in game pass and they would have had the whole industry been like but you said everything that's first party so what's going on mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. you've broke trust Whereas this way they don't break trust, but they also get the money. 
Yeah, so there's that. A Switch classification for Red Dead Redemption 2 has also surfaced in Brazil uh, in their rating board. So as of this recording, nothing has been announced, but these filings don't happen by mistake. So you can take it as sort of confirmation that the title will be headed to a Nintendo system in the future. Yeah, not the word Nintendo system. That was not unintentional mm-hmm. from myself there um, I'm not I, this, I don't think this is coming to the Switch like I don't I, this is I was trying to think back there was definitely Gotham Knights either last week or the week before got rated for the Switch and there was something else as well that I was like that's not running on a Switch and these are popping up left and right and with the Exclusion of Gotham Knights, they're games that came to Xbox One and PlayStation 4, which is the purported new sort of specs of the next Nintendo handheld. And so I'm convinced that you're just going to keep seeing more and more of these and it's going to be games that did well on that generation and then it's gearing up for a, a big launch lineup for the Super Switch because the Red Dead Redemption 2 is not running on a Switch there's mm. no fucking way that is running on a Switch mm. uh, okay let's wrap things up on the news few more bits last case of Benzik Fox will be ported to a PS to PS5 as a definitive edition it's been confirmed so it was first released for Xbox Series X and S and PC in April, and this updated version sports combat and platforming improvements, better visuals, and an updated UI, enhancing enemy AI and further gameplay features. Yeah, I'm still not interested. Um, this is probably one of my biggest disappointments of the year, actually, this game, just because the preview footage I had seen was like in the sort of normal world, and it looked really cool. Really, really cool. And then I played the game, and... Within about five minutes, you were in like this underworld thing, and it it just yeah, it's not my bad. I tried to play it as well, and I gave up pretty quickly because I just I just can't get into it. But see, at first when you went into like the mansion or whatever, and I'm like, oh, this is really oh, it looks really cool, detailed, a wee bit Victorian maybe. Mm-hmm. It was just really cool, and then all of a sudden you went through like a basement, and then you were in like the underbelly of whatever, yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is the game. Oh, that's disappointing. And then I, I just, I was like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, Modern Vintage Gaming has unearthed some sort of prototype for a Crash versus Spiral Kart racer. Graphics are pretty rudimentary in this form, but the, his discovery does point towards this being worked on as a Crash versus Spiral title in the same fashion. Uh, demo is very much playable as well, even if it didn't look very Crash or Spiral themed at this stage in development. Yeah, I'm watching the video and it looks, it's pretty rough. Like, it's obviously pretty early in development, but it's cool that there was something like that being worked on. Like, obviously it was abandoned and then somebody's just no wiped their hard drive. Mm -hmm. But um, I I love when stuff like this appears. Like, things that you're just like, you didn't know existed. Um, Like, it obviously never got to the point where they announced it. Mm -hmm. Just need to always hope and pray that the reported six hours playable of Bully 2 that was available it will ever be shown off. Like, surely <laughs> that's on a hard drive somewhere. Just show me it. Yeah. I'd love to see that. 
Uh, we live in hope, Gaudi. You do, yeah. Capcom's Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy joined Game Pass on Tuesday as well, just to note that, finally. Yeah, this is a game that I've never... A series, sorry, that I've never really played. It was mostly at home on, like, Nintendo handhelds, like the 3DS and stuff like that, but they're really highly rated games. It's, like, all to do with, like, being an attorney, Ace Attorney. Um, and you're having to like solve murders and stuff like that. It sounds cool, but I don't know. I don't know. Folk have always said that I would like it. Um, quite like to get a chance to try it on Game Pass, but again, October says no. October does say no. Yeah. Okay, that's all for this week's news. Time for snakes in a plane. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. This is our movie that we picked this week, and it does actually have a game in tie-in, which I'll come to. Um, but yeah, so if you are not familiar with the movie, Snakes on a Plane, released in 2006, story is of a vicious crime lord that hatches an elaborate plan to kill a witness who's on his way to testify against him for a murder he committed. The fiend smuggles a variety of venomous snakes onto the flight. The witness is taken and douses a bunch of necklaces and pheromones, making the snakes attack anything in sight. As the plane gets in there, the snakes are released and all hell breaks loose, quite frankly. It does. It definitely does. This was better than I remember. Yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen it. Bits and pieces were familiar, but I, 2006 is a long time ago, isn't it? 2006 <laughs> is a bit of a blur for me. Mm. It was the first year that I had my own place and I was not sober a lot. Mm-hmm. I can um, yep. And I do remember sitting down with a group of people and watching it, but... That's all I remember. That and apparently the spiral staircase. <laughs> that was familiar to me because I remember thinking that's weird on a plane. But Yeah, which... Hang on, I have a fact about that. Oh. Um, yeah, so I, I think th- that type of plane did exist, but then that circular staircase was like discontinued and replaced with like a long straight staircase when Bowen introduced the 747 Oh, so it was like an off... It was like a retired model. Yeah. That makes sense. They probably got it cheaper for doing their blowing shit up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was... It, it's this type of film where... Like a disaster film where you know folk are going to die. So I really enjoyed the sort of opening where they're introducing all these people that are getting on the plane and you're like, you're going to die. You're probably going to die. You're going to die. Uh, it's one of those ones where... I don't know, and you... I like the backstories, though. Yeah. I like them given, like, X amount of people. I mean, obviously, they couldn't do it with them all, and you knew that the ones they did, it was going to be like, okay, they're going to have speaking lines. Yeah, yeah. But I like the, that I knew a wee bit about them before uh-huh. they got on. So, yeah, obviously, you've got Samuel L. Jackson, who's Agent Neville Flynn. He's the FBI agent assigned to protect Sean Jones on his flight to Ellie. Um, you've got Juliana Margulis. Margulis, don't know how to say her name. Uh, Claire Miller, she's the flight attendant, the kind of main one that's helpful. You know, she's that kind of secondary heroine. Aye. You know, Uh, Nathan Phillips, he's the witness. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Rachel Blanchard, as who is clueless. Um, yes. As Mercedes Harbont, so she's a socialite passenger, passenger who brings her pet chihuahua, Mary yeah, Kate, on, on board. She's, she's basically Paris Hilton. Yeah. Like Paris Hilton was all the rage back in two thousand and the mid two thousands, mm-hmm. and so there was so many films that it was like, oh, that's the Paris Hilton character, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Some dittery fucker going about with a wee dog. You had three G's. The germaphobic rapper. Yeah, he was good. Um, you also had Keenan Thompson of Keenan and Kel fame as Troy, who was one of Three Jesus' bodyguards. Yep, he was good. Um, and also a hero in the end when he lands the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a hero in Keenan and Kel as well. Yes, that's true. Uh, Keith Dallas as Big Leroy, another bodyguard. You've got the flight attendant who develops a crush on Sean. She's mm-hmm. very flirty, flirty. Very um, flirty, flirty. Mm. To the point where at the beginning I was like, oh, she's in on it. Because <laughs> she was just so direct. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, in a while. Bruce James is Ken, who's he's the like eccentric um, flight attendant. He was good. I enjoyed ah, him. He was good. Ah. They all thought he was gay. And then at the end, he's, like this girl jumps on him and they're all like, oh. Yeah, he did have a girlfriend. You've got the lady and the baby. You've got mm, Agent John Sanders, who's one of Flynn's colleagues. He, yeah, he's another FBI agent. And then you've got the captain. So there's the captain with his two kids. And then there is David Kochner. He's like the co-pilot. He's like quite a good comedy actor. He's um, always good in whatever he's yeah. in. I really enjoy him. Um, you've got the Mile High Club couple. <laughs> um, you've got the guy who is just an asshole basically because obviously anyone who was meant to be in first class got demoted and well see that's the first note i've got down is that i would have loved to have been the person the woman that was standing there been like i know you were supposed to be in first class but you're actually in coach Mm. like i would have relished that role (laughs) because they were all massive cunts that would have been a good time yeah so who was kind of your like favorite character um, I mean, probably Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Just well. he, he does a good job. But outside of him, um, Keenan from Keenan and Kel, I thought he was good throughout. Like he did, he did, he did a bunch of good lines, and then of course his his performance at the end is absolutely brilliant. Just bringing it back to gaming, which we'll get to. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'd say probably one of those two. I also thought, see the the woman, the sort of flight attendant that, as you said, was the sort of second like savior. Mm-hmm. Like she was really good mm-hmm. as well. So probably one of those three. I thought the guy who was the witness, I thought he was quite like. See if you were to lay out the plot, you would be like, "Oh, he'll be like pretty big role." But I thought he was. He not just answered really. the phone. That's all he really did. Yeah, he just he he was. I don't know, he was just like a, a sort of background player most yeah. of the time. Despite the fact that he is the character, you know, he's the reason why all the snakes are there. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it just reminded me of? This is probably a terrible analogy. But, you know, in uh, The Hangover. Yes. In The Hangover 2, you've got the whole crew. But then, like in the first one, there's that guy and he's a famous actor. But he's the one that fucking ends up falling asleep up on the roof. Spoilers for the hangover. And so even though he's a big actor, he's only in the film for like the first five minutes and then right at the end. And in the second film, they do something else to fuck him off. 
And it sort of reminded me a bit of that. Mm. Whereas he wasn't that big a role. But, but yeah, I don't know. I just... In my head, this film was so fucking stupid that it just was annoying. But obviously that's that's bread and butter for this podcast. <laughs> but in watching it, yes, the premise was ridiculous. It was obviously fucking ridiculous. And yes, some of even the deaths were played for laughs. But there was also some touching moments. Mm. There was a few. Mm. Like... And it was, I thought it was a pretty decent disaster film. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, had we not watched this for this podcast, mm. I would have always just been like, yeah, I watched Snakes in a Play when it came out. I think I remember it, but okay. I would never watch it again. But having watched it last week, I will watch that film again now. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And the deaths. Can we get into the deaths? I've I've actually, Craig, I've pulled for you from the internet. Thank you to the person or people on the internet who did this. I've got a list of every single death. I made a note of a couple, but your your list will be more expansive. I mean, I've even got snakes. The death of the snakes. The death of the snakes. Right, I don't know if we need to go to that. <laughs> I don't know if we need to go but to somebody that has, has pulled all this information, which is great. Um, yeah, so Daniel Hayes bludgeoned to death. With a bat, so he's the guy who gets killed initially. Yeah, which enough. starts yeah. this whole thing. And the thugs that also get died. Um, in the sort of build up to the snakes when they're before they're unleashed, um, and like to build the suspense when the like sniffer dogs go in and check the hold and everything like that. There's a cat who there's is a cat a, gets muddled. There's a cat. Oh, it gets eaten, doesn't it? Cat gets eaten. But it says here, bitten slash eaten off screen by a snake. So right. he's just presumed dead, maybe. Um, so the first kind of proper death we get is Mile the couple that you're in the toilet, yeah. Aye. She gets her nipple ripped right off. Yeah. And a little fact check one here. See if you try to take a smoke alarm out of the toilet cubicle in a plane. I, th- I think it's got alarms on it. It would do, aye. So That would make sense. You know, that's... The first error. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so I thought with that death, they did quite, I mean, obviously we're not going to go through all of them, we'll go through a couple, mm-hmm. but I thought that was quite well done in like sort of subverting your expectations mm-hmm. because the guy comes in, so she, this girl comes in and she's got like a wee denim mini skirt on um, and he fires her straight up onto the sink so he can have sex with her mm-hmm. and it makes you think that the snake is coming up the um, the sort of sink extraction yeah, and it's going to go right inside her and you're like, holy fuck, this is brutal. But it doesn't. It comes from up above mm-hmm. uh, and then rips her nipple off instead yep. uh, and kills her that way. It kills the two of them. Yeah, he gets bitten in the neck, she gets bitten on the breast. Yeah. But there is also another death with a penis um, bite. Yeah, there's that a guy. Uh, it's probably no, it won't be the same toilet. Or maybe it is the same. No, because it's before no, cause the alarm's dead. raised, yeah. isn't it? Mm. Yeah, a guy goes to take a piss and a snake comes flying out the toilet, raging. Clearly, it had been pissed on, and just devours the guy's penis. Mm-hmm. That was quite a brutal one. Yeah, there was also the woman who's like half a well, she's obviously asleep, and it like 
slithers up her skirt. Uh-huh. If, I think it eventually just bites her in the face or the neck or something, but she's like almost like aroused with the uh-huh, feeling. Yeah, she's like a 15-year-old woman. She's clearly not at her hole in ages. <laughs> and she's loving it, isn't she? She's yeah, loving she life. Her snake at least, At least she got a wee bit of excitement before she went. Yeah, maybe. Because like, nobody was um, touching that. You've got the death of the snake uh, that gets exploded in the microwave. Yeah, that was the first, yeah, that's so the first Ken, instinct the of them fighting back. Yep, they do that. Um, but also, fact check, you don't get microwaves on planes. It's like convection ovens, so uh, technically. Yeah. I'm probably hoping that nobody was going to call them out on that. Yeah. This was round about the time as well that I don't know if it was Keenan or if it was the other guard. I think it was Keenan, actually, because it would make sense that it would be him. was playing a PSP. <laughs> that was cool, like that. <laughs> um... The dog gets eaten as well. Um, yeah, well, not necessarily gets eaten. That tough guy, he... So the snakes are... Right, so what happens is after everything completely breaks down in this plane the, and the snakes have killed literally half the people. Well, I'm sure there's a phone call from Agent... What's he called? Samuel Jackson. Um, he tells... Docs are priced that they've already lost over 50 people, but at that point, we've actually only seen 14 people killed, and in total, only 31 are killed in the whole movie right, well, 26 you're... from snakes and five from other incidents. Right, well, you're clearly looking for more of a bloodbath than, <laughs> than is allowed on screen. I'm just saying, just saying. But so, what happens is they're all in coach, and the snakes obviously come after them, and so they're all at right, anyone else that's alive, we need to get a fuck out of coach. Mm-hmm. So they do. And the snakes just sort of hang about a bit, playing with the bodies. And so they think, right, what are we going to do here? And so they get all their luggage and start building like a wee luggage wall mm-hmm. that is horrendous, right? Now, I'm pretty good at Tetris, right? <laughs> but I don't think these guys are. And even if they are, you're not going to get perfect bits that fit. No. So they build this luggage wall and they build it about shoulder height. So right there, obviously the snake's just going to go over the luggage wall. But it wouldn't have to, because there'd be plenty of room to go through the luggage wall. You would think, yeah. Yeah. But apparently this stops the snakes for a bit. Um, But then once that falls apart, there's a tough guy and he's like, I'm not going down here. Mm -hmm. And he takes Clueless's dog (laughs) and just flings it at the snake and the snake catches it in its mouth. Like, it doesn't even bounce off the floor. It just catches it and eats it. Like, it's playing fetch. And then two minutes later, that same snake comes and wraps itself round him and basically pops him like a balloon. That was a fitting end for him. That was a good day. He's a good prick in films, though. Mm. He's There's many a film he's played a prick. So that was a satisfying death. I liked that. Was that your favourite death, do you think? Ah, what was my favourite death? The penis one was really good. Mm-hmm. Like that. Um, the nipple one was pretty good. The one when the snake came out of the sick bag, remember when the woman oh, goes yeah. to be sick in the sick bag mm-hmm. and the snake just comes flying out? That one was pretty good. Those are probably the top three that I can remember. Oh, do you know what might actually be? This was brutal. Um, in a film where it's snakes, it's killing folk. See when the hysteria starts over, oh my God, there's snakes in this motherfucking plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're all trying to run and this guy I think it's a guy ends up on the deck getting trampled and there's a woman that tries to run oh, over and she she's wearing heels 
and her heel pierces right through his ear into his brain and kills him. And that's just from her trying to run away. But they show you, and there's a bit of a sort of... As it goes, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, there were some gruesome ones. Um, but yeah, the story progresses, obviously. They end up in the first class bit, which I, I don't know how the snakes don't get there initially. See, as well, see, just before they make the, the stupid snake, uh, luggage luggage wall. Mm-hmm. Um, so Clueless, she's refused to move. She's still just sitting with the snakes like a fucking idiot in shock. Um and she's about to get eaten, and then the kickboxer guy appears. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I can't have you die, and you're quite fit. Um, let's go. But she's so in shock that apparently she can't walk. No. So he gives her a cokey back. Yep. <laughs> right? Past the snakes, and you're like, the fuck are you doing? Just make her walk. Mm-hmm. She's been quicker. And better much quicker. Walker. Much quicker. Yeah. He's having to sort of bat these snakes away while giving her a cokey back up the aisle of a plane. Mm-hmm. But to give her some credit, she does use her smartphone to photograph the dead snakes and send the pictures to the guy. But equally, I don't think your phone would work in the middle of the ocean. Probably not. But what I found funny was everyone was like... <gasps> When she said she could take a picture and send an email with it. Yeah, like everyone pro- was like, oh my God. It's probably not a not aged well scene. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Everyone was absolutely stunned. And I'm like, these are all first class <laughs> people. Like, <laughs> surely one of you has got email on your phone in 2006. Yeah. Then there's, it's not Keenan. I think it's the other one. Uh he gets bit in the ass by the snake. He does get bit in the ass, yes. And there's a, there's a really good scene. So there's a little boy that gets bit in the hand and I think it's the mum of the baby. Yeah. Is she quite fit? So she goes over and she's like trying to help the wee boy and she's like, no, no, I've, I've, I've had to deal with snake bites before. I know what to do. And so she cuts the, the bit where he's been bitten open and she takes... A swig of alcohol, so she's got alcohol in her mouth, and she tries to suck the poison out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy that's been shot in the ass, um, it cuts to him, and he's having an argument with like his pal, being like, "No one, no one's coming near me. No one's coming." And then he just looks over, and he sees her sucking it out. And he just, it's just the way he looks over and goes, "That's what I'm talking about." Fucking <laughs> 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 hell! <laughs> you just imagine him trousers down at the ankles. I'm next. Yeah, so both captains wound up dead. There's snakes in the cockpit that have to be removed via shooting a window. Apparently, that was the only way to get them out. See, to, I mean, <laughs> right, it wouldn't have worked because everyone would have died. But see if you somehow knew that you could shoot the windows and the whole plane wouldn't just rip apart, which mm-hmm. it probably would. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea. Because if you know to hold on, Use all hold on, the snakes aren't going to hold on and they would go flying out. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously you've got to build to a crescendo, but I did think it was interesting that these snakes have been wreaking havoc for probably about an hour and that's the point when Snakezilla appears. Mm-hmm. The main event snake. Mm-hmm. Like, where have you been? Where have you been hiding? Mm-hmm. Every other snake's been fucking ripping shit apart for an hour. And now you're in on... And granted, for the film, makes sense. Oh, here comes the big... Here's here's the Mm T-Rex. But 
Where, where's he been? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're now at the point we've got no pilot, which is an issue. And but Ke- it's not an issue. No, because Keenan steps up. Um, Aye, does he? So he has um, two thousand hours <laughs> of flying time logged, but two thousand hours. See, of- it, see it first when he said it, right before we reveal. Like, did you know instantly where it was going? Yes. Yeah. Like, they had planted the seeds with the fact he was playing the PSP and stuff like that uh-huh. on the plane. But so. it's just, they stand up and they're like, does anyone know how to fly a plane? And nobody says anything. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, his pal's like, hey, man, this is your this is your chance. This is your chance. And he's like, no, no. And they're like, come on, you can do this. And Samuel Jackson's like, you can fly a plane. And he's like, yeah, I've got over 2,000 hours experience. Mm-hmm. And at that point, straight away, I'm like, he's talking about a fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets up all confident. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's a, a then a conversation between him and Samuel Jackson. Obviously, he's clocked and he's like, oh, you tell me that your only real flight time is at the controls of a video game. And he's like, no, it's not a video game. It's a flight simulator. Yes, and then great. And then Neville Flynn's like, is it the PlayStation or the Xbox? Because that's the key, key question back in 2006, you know. Right, so <laughs> I find this really interesting, the timing of this. Mm-hmm. Because, I see, he says it was on PS2, right? Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Ah," which is fair enough, fair enough. He's like, it's on PlayStation 2. But there isn't actually a flight simulator game on PS2. Yeah, to my knowledge, there's not. But when, so he he managed to land the plane, right? Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson basically puts his hands in the air and shouts, all praise to the PlayStation is what he says, right? And I'm like, it's very interesting. So this came out in 2006, which means it was probably filmed in 2005. Mm -hmm. I have to assume there was some sort of marketing here with PlayStation because, see, at the time, the Xbox 360 came out in 2005, whereas the PlayStation 3 didn't come out until 2006. Right? Mm-hmm. So when they were filming, like if the PlayStation 3 had been out when they were filming, they would have said PlayStation 3, not 2. So when they filmed, it was the PlayStation 2 that was out, but almost certainly the Xbox 360 was out. So if they were just looking at it from a what's hot in gaming thing, Xbox had their next generation console out and PlayStation didn't. Yeah. So you would think they would have been like, oh, it's the new thing, it's the Xbox 360. But they were like, no, no, fuck that HD. Because that was the jump from standard definition to HD. Yeah, true. They were like, fuck that HD console, it's PS2. And the fact that Samuel Jackson after it goes all praise to PlayStation, I'm like, there must have been, at the very least, someone... I know, what about the GameCube of the Wii? Well, eh? I mean, that wasn't that shit wasn't fucking playing a flight simulator, was it? Jesus. Um, they went over and above at a time when Xbox v PlayStation was heating up. Yeah. And if you were just looking at it objectively, one cons- one manufacturer had their next-gen system out and the other didn't. Like, don't get me wrong, the PlayStation 2 is the biggest console ever. Like, so it could, could just have been that. But for people that are like, I don't know, I presume not 
clued into the gaming industry, you'd be looking at, right, what's the new thing? Yeah. What's the new thing? Mm. So, yeah, interesting. But um, what, what was your favourite scene? For me, it's like, it's not one. It's I, cl- I enjoyed the deaths. Yeah. But I think they, for they, me all when happened, it... they all happened so fast that I would, I would group them. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, like, the part around the couple and the, the Mile High Club couple, like, because that's when it starts kicking off. So you're mm. like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, and then it goes chaos after that. So I think that chaotic Aye, sort five of minutes. time was, yeah, probably enjoyable and gruesome. Um, but yeah, all in, I think it was it was way more enjoyable than I thought. And it wasn't like, this is so stupid and dumb. Like, it, it was... Which is impressive, because yeah. the premise is so fucking ridiculous. Like, in my head, they didn't even try to explain it. They were just like, ha-ha, snakes in a plane, let's go. And then it was like fucking puppet snakes, and it was like utter shit, but... no. Because I think, yeah, some of the, again, fact-checking, like some of the snakes that were shown are not, like, venomous snakes. They're, you know. Um, but again, like, it, I think it was... It was they, they looked good enough that... You weren't like this terrible animation of snakes. It, it looked decent enough. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We actually got a, a write-in about this as well. I think it was agreeing with us. Maybe it wasn't. Let's put on his pricks. Yeah, so this one's from Eddie, and he said, uh, regards, with regard to snakes in a plane, this film is a total guilty pleasure of mine. It's so stupid but fun. I'm a big film I'm a big fan of the film Air Force One and this is almost like a parody of that. Mm. And I don't know, I feel like that spoke to me. I love that film, Air yeah, Force One. Again, not the best film, but there's something about that, like, confined in the air. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Die Hard on a Plane. Yeah. This is Die Hard on a Plane with Snakes. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, I genuinely, I'm, I'm shocked. Like, I... I I was probably half cut when I watched it in 2006 and didn't appreciate it then. I appreciate it now. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, four pies for me. Yeah, I'm four pies. I can't quite bring myself to five, plus I'm probably going to five star it next week, so five pie it next week. So I'll need to go four this week. Yes, from snakes to sharks oh. we are going. So if you have been following for the past couple of weeks, we have done Deep Lucy 1, one of Craig's favourites. We watched Deep Lucy 2 for the first time, which was higher rated by us than we expected. One of Craig's new um, favourites. And the IMDB rating for Deep Lucy 3, which is our choice of next week, is higher than that of Deep Lucy 2. But Every not, single not person one, I know that's seen it said it's better than 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't think two was that bad, so I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty I'm feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, so if you want to watch along also you can share your feedback with us for next week's episode, which we record on a Tuesday, so get if it in before then, get please. Fucked. Um if you don't want to watch it then that's fine. We don't mind. That's true. <laughs> that's true, I'm unbothered. <laughs> <laughs> Unshakable. <laughs> Um, but yeah I think that is us for this week as always follow us on our socials if you don't already come join the chat over on discord happy gaming play phantom liberty and maybe cocoon okay. and we shall see you next week thanks for listening bye Goodbye.